0: Today we're going to wrap up this little series, just a two-week series, called Found Favor. And uh, I don't know, this, this has been a concept for me that I've been kind of walking through for quite a while. And I don't know about you guys, but I want, I want to walk in God's favor. I want to make a decision, or should I say I've made a decision, that I'm going to walk daily in His favor. That I want God's favor on my life. That I want God's favor and his blessings on my children's life. I want his favor on our church. I want his favor on my marriage. And it's not that God is a genie in a bottle and I stick in a quarter and outspit something. Or if I pray just right that God responds in a certain way, it's not that. I just want, I want to walk in God's presence. I want to walk in God's favor. I want to know that he's with me. And so we're going to take this on a little bit further today and actually get a little bit more practical. But here's what I want you to know before we even get started. Is when we talk about finding favor, sometimes the best way to find God's favor, maybe sometimes the best way to find God's favor or to increase God's favor in your life is simply to just increase your awareness of God's favor that is already present in your life. Does that make sense? Maybe sometimes the best way to increase God's favor in your life, to get more of God's favor, to receive more blessings, maybe the first step for probably most of us here today is simply to become more aware of the favor that He's already given us in our life. The Bible is pretty clear. Do you guys ever wonder... Why when we come into church, why almost every church and kind of our worship experience always starts with worship, or it always starts with music, and it almost always starts with thanksgiving? You know, that's very biblical. You know what the Bible says, and this is just one verse, it's not in your outline, Psalms 100 verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter and his courts with praise. See, before you and I should ask God for anything, we ought to thank him for everything. Before I get on my knees, or when I get on my knees, or when I bow my head, or when I pray to the creator of the universe, my heavenly father, my savior, according to scripture, the first thing out of my mouth ought to be, God, thank you thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this blessing, thank you for where you've shown favor in my life here. God, thank you, and we offer thanksgiving back to him. Before I ever ask for anything, I ought to thank him for everything. And what we'll learn is this, is that gratitude, is that the attitude of gratitude is the access code for more of God's favor. Thanksgiving releases God. It releases his favor and his blessing in our lives because we're thankful. It's just like our children. As a father or a wife or parents, it is very hard, right, as a parent, to give a child, or if you have a child that tends to be selfish or unthankful, it, what do you become as a parent? It's easy to become stingy. It's easy to say, well, you're not thankful for what I've already given you. Why would I give you more? And a child that is thankful and is grateful and notices the little things that you do for him. It's just like, man, I love that kid. So before we ask God for anything, we need to thank him for everything. I said last week, I made a statement last week that I said this. I said, God doesn't, God doesn't give us his favor for our convenience, but rather he gives us his favor for his purpose see his favor is not again like a god and a genie where he just gives us favors and gives us things it's living in god's favor and it's not for our convenience but it is rather for his purpose. And here's the thing about God's favor and God's blessings, before we get into this kind of practically, is every time God gives us a blessing, every time we're aware of God's favor in our life, in whatever area it might be, it might be in finances, it might be in relationships, it might be in my family, it might be in my job, it could be in anything. Anytime God gives us favor, we ought to say, God, thank you for showing me favor. Now how can I take what you've given me And give it back to you. How can I become a vessel? How can I become the conduit? How can I become the channel? To return this blessing back to you and fulfill your purpose for my life. That's what his favor is about and that's what his favor is for. And listen, when God gives you his favor. When God gives you his favor, he expects you to step out in even more faith. He expects you, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. There's an amazing verse that we're going to look at. But God expects you, when you receive his favor and his blessing, not to hold it and not to back up, but rather step out in bolder faith and say, God, because you've been so faithful and you've been so good, I'm going to continue to move forward. I'm going to move forward with more faith. And here's what you need to realize is I realize that in this room today that we have different stories. I realize that my story is different than your story. My background is different than many of your backgrounds, although many of us have many things in common. And I understand when I look at my life that God has shown his favor on me in amazing ways. But I also know this, that all of you has had God show up and has shown his favor on you in amazing ways as well. We are a blessed and favored people. And you know, most of you have heard me say this over and over again up on stage. is Don't compare yourself to each other. Compare yourself on world standards. And now specifically when we're talking about financial things and we're talking about possessions, you... This group, we are in the top 2 or 3% in the world. So you would never be able to go to Africa. You would never be able to go to Sierra Leone, Africa and walk through the streets and be able to convince any of those people that you're not a blessed and favored person. They would never buy it. When they see you walk through the streets in those countries where they live in poverty, and I mean poverty, they look at us like we are incredibly rich and incredibly blessed, and the reality is, is that we are. And then there are some of you here today that have grown up in church, and you've grown up in good homes, and you've had good role models, and you've had lots of teaching. In fact, there's a lot of you here today that have been in church all your lives. You're not going to hear anything really new. You already pretty much know it. Not everybody. But you've already been favored in the area of spiritual growth, and you've already been favored in an area of great biblical teaching and an amazing foundation laid in your life. And I want to read you a verse. That ought to sober us. Here's what the Bible talks. Here's what the Bible teaches to people like us. That have been given much. Luke 12, 48. 48. It says, to him who much is given. To him who much has been given. Much more will be required. That should be sobering for some of us that are blessed incredibly. That should be sobering actually for all of us that live in this country and are able to do the things that we're able to do. The Bible teaches this, that you, what is required of you is dependent on what is given you. That what is the requirement on you, that level raises at the same time level is what has been favored and blessed and what you've been blessed with and when i look at our group when i look at a lot of you i'm thinking you have been given i have been given so much the requirement and the expectation of what god wants out of me is greater than some other people you're responsible for what you have been given Here's my prayer as we walk through this teaching today. We have three very simple points. And my prayer is this, is that we will begin to learn how to walk in God's favor. Not just find God's favor. Not just to recognize God's favor, but literally learn to walk in God's favor that daily from the moment I get up in the morning to the moment I lay my head on my pillow at night, that I'm walking and flowing and I'm breathing and I'm living in God's favor and in his blessings. That we become a church and we become homes and we teach our children and we spread it around us, that we become favor finders, right? Right? Who said amen? Who was that? Good job. I got one person that's listening and is excited. You know, it's funny that, how favor is everywhere. It really is. Favor is everywhere. You know how it is when you're, when you're in the market for something, or you're kind of looking for something, or you're kind of aware of something, that all of a sudden you see it Everywhere. That's exactly how God's favor is. I don't know if any of you guys in the recent, in recently or in the past, have been in the market for a car, or you've bought a brand new car, or you're interested in a car, and what happens? As you drive down the roads and as you drive through town, what happens? All of a sudden, if you're in the market for a Honda Accord, right? All of a sudden, as you drive through town, or you drive down the road, you notice there's Honda Accords everywhere. And you're like, well, wow, there's a Honda Accord. That one's kind of nice. And, you know, it's like we bought a Ford Explorer not that long ago. And before that, I never noticed Ford Explorers. Ever. I mean, it's just a common, normal vehicle. Now, when I drive through town, and not so much now, but especially immediately after we got it, I was like, man, everybody, it was like everywhere I went, there was Ford Explorers. And what changed? The only thing that changed is that I saw them. They were always there. There was no more Ford Explorers on the road a month after I bought mine than there was the month before. All of a sudden, I was just tuned in. And everywhere I went, I noticed that vehicle. God's favor is a lot like that. Maybe we should just become people that are in the market for God's favor, in the market for God's blessings. Today, here's what I want to do. I want us to help. I want us to learn how to train our eyes to see God's favor, to discover those pockets and those areas in your life and in my life where God has already shown up and God is already giving us favor, the areas where God's favor is already existing, And then to learn how to thank him for those areas. And here's the thing, you can never really repay him. You can't repay God's favor by doing him a favor back because there's nothing that matches up. Favor from God or the blessings from God are not fair. The fact that Jesus died on the cross and his grace covers us is not fair. You can't pay it back. You can't earn it. You cannot achieve it. You can only receive it. And the best way to thank him for what he's done, and the best way to thank him for the favor in your life, is to say, God, how can I use the abilities that you've given me, the blessings that you've given me, the skills that you've given me, the favor that you've shown me, how can I give that all back to you in a way that brings you honor and glory and builds your church and brings a smile to your face. We said last week that this is what the favor of God is. In the context of what we're talking about, here's the description or here's, here's uh, what the favor of God is. The favor of God is a guarantee of his presence. It's the guarantee of His presence and the provision of His power to accomplish not my purpose, but to accomplish His purpose, His special purpose in and through our lives. It's a guarantee of His presence that God is with me. That as I walk through the day, God is with me. It's a guarantee that He's there, that His presence is there, that He's close, that He's near. That he's not a distant God. That he's not a God that stays at home. That he's guaranteed to be with me. It's a provision of his power. And what I mean by that, what we mean by that is knowing that he's not just with me, that he's for me. He's not just with me, he's for me. He likes me. He wants to be with me. It's a provision of his power. The guarantee of his presence a provision of his power in order to accomplish his purpose in and through my life. See, in order to find God's favor, we've got to know what we're looking for. We've got to know what we're looking for. And I want to encourage some of you today with this here. Is that I believe that you can find God's favor in any season of life. You can find God's favor if you look for it in the middle of the most difficult circumstances, circumstance that you've ever been in. You can find favor if you're looking for it when your marriage is on the rocks or it's over with and you feel like life has ended. You can find God's favor when everything financially is crashing around you. You can find God's favor if you're so lonely as a person you don't know if you can face another day. You just have to learn to recognize it. It's there. It is there. It really is. If you'll learn how to perceive God's favor, and if you'll learn how to recognize it, I believe with all my heart you can receive it in any situation in life. Here's the first point. I want you to write these down. And here's, here's what I want to say before we get into this. Is Some of you may be sitting here today and you're saying, well, you know what, my life is actually pretty good. I'm kind of living in God's favor and I'm not even sure I need this message. Maybe I'm not even sure it applies that much to my life because things are good right now. And I just want to tell you this. I don't mean to be harsh. and I don't mean to be prophetic. But you're going to need it. Because all of us go through seasons of life. It's not always mountaintop experiences. And if you haven't had a train wreck in your life yet, you're going to have a train wreck at one point. I promise you, we all do. And you're going to need this. You're going to need to learn these points to help you get through those times, okay? The first factor, the first thing to increase God's favor, to learn to walk and flow in God's favor, not earn it, but to receive it. Is this, is to expect. Just write that down, number one. Expect. How do I walk in God's favor? How do I live in it? How do I turn, how do I tune my life into it? Is we've got to learn to expect it. And underneath there, you can write this in frame your world with favor. Frame your world with favor. Frame your day with favor. Expect it. Get out of bed expecting it. Last week we talked about two biblical characters. We talked about Moses and Mary who found favor with God. Moses went on to lead several million people through the desert and into freedom for years, for 40 years and plus and just crazy stuff, accomplished an amazing amount of things. Mary, who found favor with God, went on to give birth in inhumane conditions To a son who became the savior of the world, both of them fulfilled God's purpose, and believe me, it was bigger than their convenience. In fact, their purpose had nothing to do with their convenience, it had everything to do with God's purpose for them. See, God doesn't just offer us stuff, God doesn't just throw favors our way. That's why we get so mixed up on this whole favor thing and this blessing thing. Is is so many times we think it's stuff. And if I got God's blessings, I'm going to be able to tell it because he's giving me stuff. God doesn't offer us stuff. He offers us to be something in us. To be something for us. To do something through us. To work through you. To do something amazing. And listen. When God begins to do that, when God uses you that way, when God shows his favor on you and his presence is there and his power is there and is doing his purpose in you and through you, you are making an investment in eternity and it can never be taken away. That should get us excited. That should make us stand up and cheer. You know what what amazes me? Not just about you guys, but just Christians in general. Some of us could go to a Clemson game. Some of us could go to a talk show like Oprah or whatever, and she would give stuff away, and we would be on our feet cheering and screaming, and we can hear the best news in the world about what Jesus has done and wants to do, and we sit on our butts. You know what I mean? Why? Why? God wants to use you to do amazing things. And it should excite us. It should give us goosebumps that God would choose us. Frame your world with favor. We could talk about all kinds of biblical people. Abraham found favor in God's sight. Even though God asked him to go to a distant land that he did not know to a people he had never met. And Abraham said, I'll go, but I don't know where I'm going. And God said, I'll just just go. I'll show you. And Abraham said, when am I going to get there? And God said, I'll tell you when you get there. And Abraham went. He found favor. God said, all you need to know is that I'm your shield and I'm your guide. We talked about Moses. We could have talked about Nehemiah. Gideon wanted to know that he found favor in God's sight. Esther In the Old Testament, found favor in God's sight and saved a nation because she was willing to walk in God's favor. Ruth found favor with Boaz and went from being a servant to his wife. See, when you you find God's favor, it does amazing things in your life and it changes your life. It changes your life. And some of you might be sitting there today and you're saying, well, I'm not sure about this whole idea of finding God's favor, and I'm not sure I'm buying into the whole thing. And I would just just say, pass on the plate of favor that God has for you to someone next to you that has bought into it. Because there's some of us here that are buying in and making a decision that we're going to walk in God's favor. And we need to believe this is that God, according to Scripture, God works through all things, through all circumstances. See, there's where you can find God's favor in difficult circumstances, is that God works all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I want to give you five Scriptures this morning. We're going to go through these really fast. And here's what I would encourage you to do is take these verses. They're all in your outline, all in your bulletin. Take them home and study them. Take them home and discuss them. Ask people about them, but here's five verses that have to do with favor. Leviticus 26, verse 9. It says, I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers and I will keep my covenant with you. I will look on you with favor. Psalms 5, verse 12. This is an awesome verse. It says, Surely, Lord, you've blessed the righteous. You've surrounded them with your favor as with a shield. You know what that verse means? That means that God's favor not only is behind me, is not only beside me, it's also in front of me. It's a shield. That means his favor is in front of me. It's in tomorrow. Not only did he have his favor on me yesterday, his favor on me is a shield. It's already in front of me. And because of that, I can walk with courage and confidence and boldness because he's already went before me. His favor is a shield. It's in front of me. It's in the future, Psalms 84, 11. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Favor and honor. And no good things does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. And you might say this morning, well, that verse excludes me. Because I don't think any of us would say my walk is blameless. But let me just remind you of this fact. And you guys know this. is because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Because of his finished work on the cross. When God looks at you, if you've accepted that, if you've received that, when God looks at you, he does not see you. He sees his perfect son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, you are blameless. Because of what he has done on the cross, you are walking in a blameless way. Proverbs 3, verse 4. It says, then you will win favor. And it's following up a couple of verses in front of it where it says when we obey God, when we walk in his commands, when we live the way he wants us to live, it says, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and men. That's the Old Testament. And there's verses also in the New Testament If you're skeptical, because they're all Old Testament scriptures. Acts 2 verse 47, it says they were praising God. They enjoyed the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You look at the life of Jesus, and it says Jesus grew, that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. I don't know about you, but I want to grow in favor with God. Jesus did. I want to walk in his favor. You know what? You guys know this, and you've met people like this, is you can tell just talking to people if they're expecting and looking for God's favor in their life. And again, I'm not talking about like a a god and a a genie in a bottle. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the real favor of God. But because you can't manipulate a miracle... And you can't manipulate God's blessings and you can't manipulate God's favor in any way. You cannot achieve it. You can only receive it. But you can tell with people if they're expecting God's favor in their life just in their vocabulary. Because when you expect God's favor in your life and God's blessings in your life, you say different things. And different words Come out, of your, come out of your mouth. People that don't expect God's favor in their life, they get up in the morning, and here's what they might say or they might think. I wonder what could go wrong today. I wonder what could go wrong today. They're the people. The people that expect God's favor wake up in the morning and they say, I wonder what God's going to do today. I wonder what God is going to do in this circumstance. How God is going to show up in this challenge. You know, you hear people say stuff like this and I've probably been guilty of saying this too. But bad things, something bad happens to a person or you know, they get fired or they get a traffic ticket or you go to the store and someone right in front of you gets the last one on the shelf and you leave and you say things and you think think things like this. Is, That's the story of my life. Or your car breaks down for the third time or whatever's happening, story of my life. When something bad happens, And listen, if that is the story of your life, if that's actually the story of your life, that bad things always happen, and you're always disappointed, and you're always frustrated, and you're always intimidated, and you never expect God to show up and do anything good, then you need a new director for your story. You have the wrong author. Because that is not your heavenly father. The Bible says this. The Bible says that in the beginning God created and what? It was good. That's the beginning of the book. That's the beginning of scripture. God created and it was good. And then you flip all the way to the back of the book and what do we find out? We find out not only was it good, we found out that we win. That the beginning of the story was good. The end of the story has already been written in history. And everything between it is good and we win is just a platform for God to show himself strong. See, you're in a story. You're in, you're in this cosmic, huge, massive story. And the beginning was good, the end we win, and everything is in between is an opportunity for God to show himself amazing. And God could never show himself am- amazing in this story, unless we encounter obstacles. So every time you encounter an obstacle, every time something goes wrong, it's an opportunity for God to show himself strong because how else would he show the world around us that he is strong and able and willing to do what he's able and willing to do? So you stop seeing obstacles. Stop seeing circumstances. As the opposite of God's blessings. Start seeing obstacles and circumstances and problems as an opportunity for God to show Himself strong, for God's favor to come through. Not the lack of God's favor, it's an opportunity for God's favor. Psalms 103 says this it says that we should not forget all the benefits. Of the Lord, Don't forget all the benefits of the Lord. Don't forget where he showed up. Don't forget the favor that he's given you in your life, in the past, in the present, yesterday. Don't forget about the benefits of the Lord. See, a lot of us don't really understand how incredible God's favor is and how good God's favor is. It's a little bit like this. For some of us, when we became a Christian for the first time, there was like this flood of freshness, right? It was like, I can't believe that I can be a child of God's. I can't believe that when I open scripture that he talks to me and I can be a part of this. I can't believe that I can pray to him and he hears me. I can't believe there's just this excitement that I can't believe I can be a part of this. It's the same thing sometimes when you go to a new church or you start a new church. We're like, I can't believe I can be a part of this. I can't believe I can be a part of a church that's actually reaching people and baptizing people. Not not perfect, but it's awesome. And then what happens? Time moves on. And what was once special and what was once appreciated becomes just a part of the package. And we begin to take it for granted. And we take for granted that we're actually a son of the Heavenly Father. We take for granted that we can just lift our eyes up and pray and He hears us. We take it for granted that He tells us in Scripture that He will never leave us or never and never forsake us. We take it for granted that He tells us in Scripture that He will never ask us to do anything that is more than we can handle. That He has given us everything that we could ever have to do everything that He will ever ask us to do. And it becomes just a part of the package. It's a lot like marriage. Over the years, marriage just becomes marriage, and she just becomes your wife. Or he just becomes your husband. And you forget the specialness and the privilege it's just part of the package and here's what we need to be reminded of is if that we will begin to expect God's favor in our life there are opportunities all around us most of us here doesn't we don't need more opportunities We just need to see the opportunities that are in front of us. We don't need more opportunities. We just need to see the opportunities that are in front of us and take advantage of those opportunities. And when we become faithful in little areas, in smaller areas, God begins, begins to give us larger areas to be faithful in. To him who has given much, much is required. When we're given a little bit and we're faithful with a little bit, God will give us more. Move forward. Recognize his favor. Number two is recognize. Recognize. Just simply recognize. And underneath that, you can write this, is open your eyes to the opportunity. Like I already said, just open your eyes to the opportunity. I heard a story kind of in the same context that we're talking about the other day, and the guy took his family to an NBA Charlotte Bobcats game. Somebody had given him a VIP pass, so he was in the back, back where all the big shots are and stuff. And they were out in this corridor and getting ready to go into wherever they were going to sit. And he seen a guy walking down the hall towards him, and he was like, I think that's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Bobcats. And as he got closer and closer, he was like, that's Michael Jordan walking right at him. And his six-year-old son was with him, and he, as Michael Jordan came walking by, he didn't talk to him or anything, but he walked by, and the, this guy got down on his knee with his son, and he said, uh, he said, he said son, you're not going to believe this. But he said, that guy that just walked by us is Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player that has ever played basketball. And he was telling him about Michael Jordan, and his son looked back at him with great big eyes, and he said, Dad? Can we get some popcorn? And, and isn't that our story? Sometimes we lack the ability to see what's right in front of us. And we're consumed with the things that are really not important. We're consumed with popcorn. Popcorn when the greatest person has ever played the sport of basketball just walked by us. For some of us, we need to just open up our eyes. And we need to see, we need to recognize, and we just need to see the opportunity that is right in front of us. This little boy didn't care about Michael Jordan. He cared about popcorn. And it goes to show this. Like I said, sometimes something so great can be right in front of us. And we fail to see it. Maybe it's just a lack of of being focused. Maybe it's a lack of maturity in our own lives, whatever it might be. And sometimes we compare. We look at somebody else's marriage and we think, Man, if only I could have a marriage like them, and God's favor is just on them in their marriage. And here's the reality, most likely, is God's favor is not on their marriage any more than it is yours. They've just accepted and received that favor and been faithful in that favor and God has given them more favor. And you could go into any area of life and open your eyes to see the opportunities that God has already placed around here. And here's something that you can write down. It's not in your outline. And this is so important. When it comes to this whole comparing thing, because we're, we're awesome at comparing we do it all the time. You guys do it, I do it. Is write this down. God will give you the favor that you need. God will give you the favor that you need for the season that you're in right now. God is not going to give you the favor that you're going to need in a year. He's not going to give you the favor that you're going to need in five years. He's not going to give you the favor that you need in 10 years. He is going to give you the favor that you need right now in the season that you're in. And that's it. Because if he would give you the favor that you need in 10 years, you would never have to walk in faith. And the Bible says you can never please God without faith. If you look back, Some of us need to stop and reflect and we need to look back a year and we need to look back five years and we need to understand and look back and say, you know what, didn't really think about it, but God gave me everything I needed as I walked through life step by step this past year. And he gave me the favor that I needed in that season. And since God has been faithful in the past, I know he's going to be faithful in the present and I'm going to move boldly and faithfully forward. God gives you the favor you need for the season that you're in right now. And again, that could go into lots of different areas, and you could apply it in a lot of different ways. So I ask this question. God, what is the favor that you want to give me for this season? Maybe you're young married, or maybe you've got young children, and life is overwhelming, and the jobs, and trying to make ends meet, and you're saying, God, what is the favor you're giving me right now? What is it? And maybe you're single, and you don't want to be single. And maybe God has just given you the favor that you need right now to mature in the areas that you're going to need to be mature in as he gives you favor to move on with your life. God is with you. He's for you. And he's going to give the favor that you need for the season that you're in. Here's number three. We're going to end right here. It does no good. It does no good to expect God's favor and to recognize God's favor unless we do the last step. And the last step is this, is to respond. Number three is to respond, is to give yourself to obedience. Give yourself to obedience. And simply means this. That means this here for some of us that are here today. It simply means that we need to take the next step of obedience. And I would bet this. I would bet that there's some of you here today who simply need to just take that step of obedience. That God has called you and asked you to do something in your life. Somewhere in some area that takes a little bit of faith and is a test of obedience. And I would just say this. None of this matters. All the expecting, all the recognizing, none of it matters until you are willing to step out in faith and to simply obey. And it may be a test of obedience where you, where you would say, well, I can obey in this very, very small area, but it's not going to be this big faith story that I'm going to share with people and God's going to be like, wow, that's amazing. But I would say this, is it may be a very small area of your life. It could be very small but God is testing you and wants to give you more. And it could be something that is very small that over the years could develop into something very, very, very big. It could be a small decision that leads you to this. And then there's another decision that leads you to this. And then that leads you to this. And over time, this tiny little decision, this tiny little test of obedience could lead you to an amazing place. Again, when you are faithful in a little, God will begin to trust you with a lot. So step out and obey. Will you guys pray with me?